Hello, my lovers, my puppies, my kittens, my schmoopies. Hi, how's it going? Woo, we 2020 is almost over. Are you here for it? Yeah. Do we think that our invisible enemy is about to leave the building? No. More like the planet. When the ball from Times Square, New York drops, COVID is going to take a hike. <laughs> we wish. We know that's not true, but one can dream, can't she? Wouldn't it be nice? Mm. Except our little invisible friend has no respect for our time. Or does it? In fact, our invisible little friend can be referred to as being ruthless. Now, this is where I'd say, what the fuckery is ruthless? But no, I'm giving you what we call a misdirect in a world of theater and art and writing. Merriam-Webster, the dictionary, describes ruthless as having no pity, no uh, mercy, be just being plain old cruel. Ruthless. Mm, well, I'm going to unpack in this episode is a television show created by none other than Tyler Perry. Uh, it's called Ruthless and it airs on BET. Now, what do I, Nadej August, have to do with a TV show about a cult? Yeah, Ruthless is about a cult. Well, for starters, I happen to love a good cult. Not cults or the concepts of cults per se, but the stories about them, the people who get entangled, the mess, how it all starts with a dynamic, charismatic leader, and all of a sudden, it all blows up. So the intention always seems to be great in the beginning. You've got this excelling leader, individuals who live and swear by the teachings, and suddenly the veil gets lifted. And how does one get the fuckery out? That is the question, I think. Ruthless, the TV show, attempts to answer in the world that it's created. It's an exploration about cults. What? Oh, hang on. What does Nadesh have to do with it? We are going to find out. What the fuckery is Ruthless? <laughs> I'm Nadej August, your host, and if this is your first time with us, welcome, welcome in, bienvenue, uh, bienvenido, and also, by the way, my listeners, my puppies, my kittens, my schmoopies, we have grown, and special shout out to Canada, by 400% of this audience of what the fuckery is in Canada. 
my goodness, 400% of you have signed on and are listening on a regular basis to what the fuckery. And I'm so grateful. I'm moved. I am moved. So, uh, bienvenue for the those who speak French in French Canada, you know, Montreal and everywhere else. And I guess welcome because it's the English. Well, you know this already. Uh, what the fuckery is a podcast about the things we hear about but don't know enough about. A series of conversations dedicated to hearing firsthand from the very people whose lifestyle, truths, concepts, experiences, or we struggle with understanding the very things we should know about but are afraid to discuss. Our subjects and topics may or may not be mainstream, but our guests and sometimes experts are in it, living their truth, whether we accept them or not. And if that process, we manage to bring clarity to you, dear listener, then thank you for being curious, open and willing. In that vein today, my guest is none other than number three on the call sheet for Ruthless. Uh-huh. Yeah. We are speaking to the actor Lenny D. Thomas, who portrays the villainous <laughs> of the villains in a show that I watched in order to prepare for, um, shall we say, cultish behavior. Uh, gosh, I can't say enough about him. But without further ado, let us just bring him on and uh, roll with this. And Guys, hit that subscribe button, share this episode, share all of, share the podcast, period. And um, let us uh, find out what is up with this show. Well, hello, handsome. You did. You did. I am talking to you, Lenny D. Thomas. <laughs> Glad to be here. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me. Seriously. Lenny. I couldn't wait for this. Can oh, yeah. you hear me? Yeah, of course I can. Okay. Um, Lenny, what yes. the fuckery is ruthless? <laughs> Woo! It is the brainchild, is that the right way to say it, of uh, a Mr. Perry about a woman who joins a crazed, sex-crazed religious cult in hopes, she didn't know it was sex-crazed, uh, in hopes to, you know, give herself and her young daughter a better life and ends up, you know, finding out the hard way that things aren't what they seem and false prophets are real. And, oh my gosh, from there, it just becomes a <laughs> back and forth of how can I get the F out of the fuckery out of here and save my daughter whilst keeping my sanity and maybe my humanity. I don't know. And um, yeah, and I'm, I'm like, I'm kind of the enforcer slash general of said sex cult. Yes. Yeah. So, so listeners, my puppies, my kittens, my schmoopies, listen to this. So <laughs> Lenny is actually, hmm, he plays the most villainous villain <laughs> yeah. And here's what's scary. He has a look about him, in my opinion, that's sort of otherworldly. So he looks like a devil, but <laughs> not really. Like, I can't decide if I want to like him or hate him. Uh, the person, the character mm. is completely, I just think, oh my gosh, I was terrified of you. Um, so here's what the listeners <laughs> don't know, Lenny. Mm. They don't know that there's truly, 
I, Nadezhda August, <laughs> she, I'm referring to myself in the third person, actually is part of the Ruthless family. Yes, she is. Yeah, I don't, I've never shared this. I have not never shared it. Shared so you're this? hearing, no, I haven't told a soul. Oh, that's a big secret to keep. It is a huge secret to keep considering I'm in 23 episodes. 23 joints. Mm. <laughs> yes. So here is why Lenny, it's impossible not to fall in love with him. He, when he found out that I got the part, now we'd never met. Um, yeah. All he had was a name to go by. He slid into my DM on hey. Instagram and <laughs> said of like extended a warm welcome and said, if you have any questions, do not hesitate. And of course, listeners, of course, any smart person is going to say, yeah, please, anything to help me, because I'm walking into a family that's already established. And mm -hmm. when you're the guest, you don't know what you're walking into. So when a longstanding member of the family who is also intimidating, at least his <laughs> character is, says, hey, give me a holler. I can help you out. Of course, I jumped in. And yeah. he is, as it turns out, the actor, the human behind this daikon, this despicable <laughs> guy, is one of the nicest freaking people. Look at that. There's a twist to the story. Yep. <laughs> Not to toot my own horn, but I'm a firm believer in uh, spreading light and love. And if I'm in a project that I want to be great, I want those around me to feel the same about it. So I saw an opportunity and I jumped at it. And you so graciously, you know, reached out back and we've been flying ever since. You know? Yeah, we have. I have. <laughs> I, I've made some really terrific friends, terrific yeah. friends that I'm still in touch with. And uh, we will be meeting them, listeners, individually, as it appears, because it was hard to it's hard to coordinate all these different folks. We're all in yeah. different time zones. And now with quarantine, of course, it's harder to pin people down at the same time. So yeah. uh, you will meet the other characters or right now we're all about the dick can. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I just say that because when we started this production, no one knew how to pronounce his name. In fact, I mispronounced it in my audition for it, right? Called him Deacon, because I'm like, uh, Daikon, maybe Deacon, Dickon? No, that's kind of, no, it's, but the joke around campus or uh, the dream building was, it's Dickon, right? It's Dickon. Everyone just, just <laughs> was, just, they knew that that's what it was. And when when Tyler finally revealed that it was Daikon, they were like, I don't, fine. You know what I mean? It was kind of like a, they were wishing just because of the theme of the, to show that it would be dick on dick on yes yes <laughs> so without revealing too much uh listeners we we i'm sure lenny is joining me in this highly encourage you to uh check out the show it's on yes. bt plus and mm -hmm. also airs after it's a spin-off of a show called the oval by the way yeah. so if you follow that world the tyler perry lineup you will find find ruthless with such grace and ease. Tell us about Daikan. Mm -hmm. Lenny, he tell is, us about uh, the char this character you play. I've already established that you're a villain. <laughs> yeah, so he is a villain. He is A, there are, there, there are a few of them in this story. He is a troubled individual who is deeply devoted to his beliefs within the Rakadushis, that's the name of the cult. 
uh, and he's the leader of the cult, the highest, uh, is essentially um, my, what, what can I say? Without giving away too much, he is, he's the brains behind the operation and I'm the enforcer, right? But I take that title of enforcer, like, whoo, to the next level, like from the jump, you'll, you'll, you know, I don't mean any, I don't, I don't I'm not playing any games. Uh, I think There's he has a very it. troubled past and this, yeah. which is why he's allowed himself to be as, as evil as he is. <laughs> But there's complexities to him that we haven't haven't been revealed in the as far as what is aired yet. So I can't wait till that starts to happen. Yeah, yeah. Your commitment yeah. to being a dark figure is insane. And you do it with in such a chillax way. It's it's unnerving. <laughs> it's unnerving how calm you are about yeah. being cruel. <laughs> I don't even know how it even happened, honestly. It's um, all of the clues for who this character is was was there on the page to me. And he just seems like the type of guy who doesn't lose much. So who's in complete control, almost as if he believes he's a supreme being, you know? So I don't know necessarily how supreme beings operate, but I imagine they operate in a way uh, where they, they just know they're not wrong and that whatever they ask of anyone or demand of someone they'll get. So I kind of embodied that during uh, during shooting it, <laughs> or tried to. Yeah. <laughs> so, Lenny, where where are you from? Where did you grow up? I'm from New York. I'm from uh, South Ozone Park, Queens. Yeah, born and raised. Back and forth between there and Harlem, actually. Um, my goodness, I don't live there anymore. You know, thirty four years it took for me to leave uh, New York. It's a it's a very difficult place to live. I love it still. But um to grow from boy to man, I know I had to get out. Like I just it's just it's too much of a playground, you know, especially for my types. Like I'm a I used to be a little bit of a party animal, so you know what I mean? And you have access to whatever and anything you like out there. So, you know, oh man, I'm good. My my 20s was that expiration time and my 30s is like, okay, you know what? Plant your feet and see where else you can, can land yourself. Cause I never thought I'd leave New York. I thought I lived there my whole life, but um, yeah. And now you are where? Now I'm in Atlanta. Now I'm close to uh, Tyler Perry Studios where, you know, if we're lucky, we'll get another season. But if not, like it's, it's, it's been a place where I can spread my wings and establish myself in another, where no one knows me, you know, <laughs> in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fresh start. It's a fresh start. Yeah. So yeah. The first time I went over to work over at the Tyler Perry studios, I was put up in a place called Buckhead and Buckhead. That's where in I live. Is that, that's, that is where you live. Okay. Yeah. So it's close yeah. to the studios. It is lovely there. Yeah. Lovely there. And now through camp quarantine, we were all quarantined on campus together. I wonder if I shouldn't maybe do a show, an episode about how it all happened, the quarantine mm -hmm. and what it's like. I don't know if listeners, if you're interested in finding out more about how we got to Mr. Perry figured out how to get us all safely to and from back to our homes and <laughs> to his uh, to his studios safely. Maybe we can do a whole thing about that. But tell us, uh, Lenny, when you were in New York, did you always want to be an actor? Did you have a different life before? I wanted to be a football player growing up. 
I was obsessed with sports, specifically football, but I lived in the city and, you know, there really weren't many programs in the schools that I went to where I could explore that. And, you know, it was more of a, I found out it was more of a pipe dream than anything else, just because, you know, uh, your environment will influence a lot of what you think you want to do. Thankfully, um, in high school, I discovered uh, an improv class that changed my mind. In fact, what happened first, though, when I was 13, I was hit by a car and I broke my leg and it just kind of destroyed my equilibrium a bit where I had to like find my legs again. And every time I would play a sport, I'd end up like rolling my ankle and I just my my uh, confidence behind my physicality just completely disappeared. So acting, in a sense, saved my life. You know what I mean? Because. I didn't know what else I'd be, I'd, I'd do. I didn't want to uh, go to college for, for, you know, for F's sake. You know what I mean? I didn't, you know, I had no idea what I want to do with myself. And I, I couldn't see myself joining the, a regular workforce or, you know, something that was outside of uh, sports or entertainment. I didn't, I couldn't see that for myself. So thankfully, yeah, acting came along. And when I was 17, we did a play called Take a Giant Step. Well, I played the father of the main character, who was 17-year-old me playing someone's dad. Um, <clears throat> but I took it so serious, like much to the dismay of my cast and classmates, because, uh, you know, kids are hard to wrangle up, especially to do a play of such a serious subject. Um, I just wanted to be good. That's all I focused on. And uh, one of my acting teachers, no, my um, <clears throat> my English teacher, after after seeing me in the play was like, you should pursue that. You were the only one up there who was X, Y, Z. I forgot exactly what she said. I just was like stuck because of how serious she was when she said it. She's not, she's always been a goofball, but at this moment she was like, you need to do this. And no one at that point in my life had uh, encouraged me in such a way. So it just stuck with me. I was like, okay, well, I kind of like this thing. This is, eh, but I don't like school. School sucks. I said, what should I do? I stumbled upon the neighborhood playhouse and I just fell deeper in love with it. And it was like, I can't do anything else now. You know, if I don't do this acting thing, I'm going to have a miserable life. I just knew it. And I married that idea. And somehow all these years later, I was right. <laughs> she was right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Listeners, uh, for those of you who don't know, the Neighborhood Playhouse is a famous acting studio in New York City. Um, yeah. So that's what he meant when he said he stumbled on uh, the Neighborhood Playhouse, right? Yes, absolutely. Yep. I need to go back because you kind of glossed over a set of fuckery in your 20s. <laughs> so when you beautifully and generously and simply you sort of mentioned how in your 20s access to everything was there and you New York was hell and difficult and fun and you had to stop being a boy. What mm. were you doing, Mr. Thomas? Well, <laughs> uh, working a bunch of uh, survival jobs and you know, working for the weekend and partying like my life depended on it with my friends. Like, you know, seeing the sunrise was a thing we did. Uh, every summer was just like the summer of, you know, uh, long nights and, and early mornings. Um, oh my gosh, we, yeah, <laughs> gosh, too many drunken nights, too many. As soon as I turned 21, I was like, yes, great. Now I can legally do this thing. And I kind of went ballistic with it. <laughs> you could bounce back when you're in your 20s. So uh, 
it wasn't like thinking back on it, like I, I'm, I'm surprised I got away with it and was able to go to work, like hung over as many times as I did and not get myself fired or in trouble. But I was good at hiding. <laughs> I was good at hiding my, my misery back then. Cause now if I have a couple of glasses of wine, I'm a disaster. <laughs> um, but yeah, just all, I mean, New York has so much going on. You know what I mean? Like there's this place called, ooh, there's this place called House of Yes where they throw these like festival, like, you know, self radical self-reliance, radical self exploration parties where you might find people walking around naked, you know what I mean? Or dressed in all kinds of crazy stuff. And that was, that was my jam for a bit. Well, you know, one of our former guests may have mentioned house of yes. What? The unicorn. She goes to sex clubs and wow. the single woman who enjoys that. And so, yeah, you missed that episode, didn't you? I did. I missed that episode. I got to go back and check yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. So I, I understand the scene you were into. <laughs> Bad boy. Yep. I, was, I mean, hey, it was the birth of, uh, you know, parts of Daikon. It's no one. I was about to say, you must have you know seen I mean? plenty. <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I did. It's it's interesting now. Um, I always, the deeper I got into acting, I realized that if I were to continue living the way I would continue to uh, wanted to continue to live the way I was in my 20s, I would have to do it through acting because, you know, the cleanup is nowhere near the same thing. You know what I mean? And I could I could separate that part from who I actually was. Right. Or trying to become. Yeah, because uh, I'm tired of cleaning up my mess. <laughs> yeah, being sick and tired is usually a good start. Yes. Uh, all right. So are there any villains in our, I should say, uh, in our awareness in uh, pop culture right now that you can say that guy is Daikon? Mm. Pop culture villain. That guy is Daikon. Oh, man. Pop culture. Well, I, I know who <laughs> I want to get political, but I could I know some political figures that are like Daikon, but um, I'll leave that alone. Uh, <laughs> who's a pop figure, pop culture figure right now that's like Daikon? I, I mean, I feel like he kind of stands in his own space uh, because of his the, the mystique behind him. Um, but off the top of my head, man, no, I don't know. Mind, yeah, it's so, and 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 you know what? Yeah. That's okay because it's a fair question to have asked you only because it came to mind right away. Yeah, it's so interesting because although you and I turned out to be, I, I guess, really pretty good friends, right? From yeah, that's enough, but we didn't have any scenes together. We, and, yeah, like we not no real ones with just you and I, like we always shared with someone else, yeah, yeah. And, and very little interaction between us, except for yeah. the one when my the first episode of my character gets introduced, you mm. sort of say to me, Go wait in such and such place, yeah, uh -huh. I have to be such and such, because someone mm. tweeted at me and said, Joan has no idea what Dykan's about to do to her. Mm. Mm -hmm. Oh, I mean, I, 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 I think that's hilarious that uh, the fans are so engaging with what's going on. It's lovely. And how they know, <laughs> they know that I'm not to be, that that guy's not to be messed with. Oh, yeah. I mean, they know they're like, this Joan is new, poor thing. She has no idea. Oh, what she has no idea. <laughs> but, um, I would say 
I mean, it's not pretty current, but the closest thing that comes to mind is like Scar. Scar mixed with uh, Agent Smith from The Matrix and a little bit of Morpheus if he was evil. That's Daikon. Okay, sounds great. I yeah. do not get any of those references. That's okay. I'm sure my listeners do. Because when you said Scar, I was like, really? Where? What happened? Half <laughs> <laughs> from the Lion King, yeah. <laughs> oh, Akuna Matata. Exactly, yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Hey, listeners, the term self-care is thrown around a lot these days, and deservedly so. And I think we can all agree that mental health is part of self-care. And one of the many reasons we tell ourselves is lack of time and money. Well, BetterHelp.com is the world's largest counseling service. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. Now, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed, accredited, and board-certified therapist in under 24 hours. Therapy from the comfort of your own space. What could be better than that? You can schedule weekly video sessions or phone sessions with your own personal counselor. You can log into your account at any time from anywhere to send a message to your counselor. And BetterHelp makes it easy and free to change your counselor if you ever needed to. Um, it's very affordable. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling. And financial aid is available. So get started today. And you, as a What the Fockery listener, get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash fockery10. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com forward slash fockery10. In fact, use fockery10 as a promo code and discount code anytime and anywhere you um, use our sponsors. Okay, back to our program. Now, I've got to ask, so uh, there will be a gorgeous, I hope, great shot of Lenny on our Insta page for What the Fockery. So I'm oh, putting yeah. you on the spot by saying, please send me one. No problem. Yeah, yeah. I, and also, I Patreon, would love to. <laughs> good. Also, Patreon supporters, you, you will be able to see this uh, interview ahead of everyone else, actually see it mm. versus just hearing it. Uh, Lenny. Yes. What have others, what have we seen you in prior to, um, prior to Ruthless? Ruthless? Were there other things that were just outstanding prior to Ruthless or is Ruthless the the king? Because Ruthless is the king right now, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm happy that that it is because it's it's so much fun and how it's being received is pretty dope. But I was on an episode of another show, short-lived show called The Enemy Within, which was like the biggest TV role I had before this came along, uh, and I was I was also playing a, a sociopath. But anyway, but that's besides the point. Uh, <laughs> You're not typecast at all. I'm not typecast at all. Well, the way TV works, you know, it deals with stereotypes more more than not. And your your first the thing you do effortlessly will likely be the thing you get paid first for, right? And I seem to be able to do a villain really effortlessly. So come on with it, right? Um, but before then, like, cause I was heavily in the theater scene in New York before I moved, before the pandemic, obviously. And uh, I premiered a play by a playwright called Keith Huff, who I almost called him like Keith Knight, but that's like, I don't even know who that is. Keith Huff, right? He had a play on Broadway years ago with Daniel Craig and uh, Hugh Jackman. Uh, he's a cop 
uh, storyteller, right? He tells cop stories. And it was about a, a, a man who had witnessed someone get shot on a subway platform and helped him from, you know, because he fell into the platform after he was shot. He helps him uh, back onto the platform so he doesn't get run over by a train. And then the guy dies in his arms, right? So the uh, the whole play takes place in the interrogation rooms of this precinct where these two cops are pretty, essentially trying to get to the bottom of what happened because it's only it was only my character and another character who witnessed this man get murdered. And, you know, it was, I wasn't playing the villain for the first, I wasn't playing a villain. I was playing the, I was playing the victim, and um, it was the most emotionally taxing thing I've ever done. In fact, it set me up for for ruthless, to be quite honest. Because, uh, wow, like I don't have I don't have children, but the character I played lost a child, so I had to explore that, and I can't even like fathom someone having to go through that in real life. Because where I went through my imagination. I don't want to go back there. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, that was, that was the biggest thing outside of uh, Ruthless before Ruthless. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So this is a very exciting time. I'm excited to see where you go. I'm excited to see what else is possible and sky's the limit at that, at this point, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, yeah. Yeah. So we're not going to get into your personal life, but would you share your status with us? I am a single man. You mentioned you didn't have a child. So (laughs) I'm a single man living in Atlanta. Uh, During a pandemic. During a pandemic. So, yeah, (laughs) it's an interesting time because because I mean, you know, you I'm very focused on work and whatnot. But, you know, I get those polls where I'm like, oh, I would like a companion. But I don't know if that's the time. If, Get a dog. If I don't have the time for that. You know what I mean? I'm not. I'm not finna be on no dating app because I just feel like that's so not personal enough for me. And and my past relationships came from like friendships. You know what I mean? Like this friend introduced me to that friend, and click, click, boom. Um, IRL. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, in real life. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess until this pandemic, you know, goes somewhere else or stops. I'll be I'll be doing the uh, this will be my this will be a bachelor pad and I'll just be chilling with my equipment working. And I'm sure people can slide into your DM if they want. Oh, they have been. Oh, my DMs are nuts right now. It's it's uh, <laughs> it's it's crazy. I got I got to leave Instagram and Twitter alone. Whoa, look at that. Oh, can yeah. you can you read me a couple of them? Oh, sure. Yay! Uh, look at that. We're getting going for the salacious parts. Oh my gosh. I'll read you my oh boy. Here we go. Let me see. Um so the past episode that just passed, there was a there was a very raunchy scene. And um someone texted me, stop it, Lenny. I'm telling your mama. You know, you, you know that you have older women looking at you. All jokes aside, you are a handsome young man, and you look like you have so much fun being you. Like that's that's sweet. That's very. Is sweet. this someone you knew? No, I have no idea who that person is. They oh. they've been hitting my DMs up, and they're just in the they're in the um the request folder because oh. I don't respond to all of them. I can't. Like it's yeah. just some people are wildly inappropriate. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, can you some... find us an inappropriate one? Because it's called what the fuckery, so you can take. <laughs> You want, um, or that's oh, this is around Thanksgiving. The only turkey I want to eat for Thanksgiving is you. That's Ooh. one. Now that's yeah, a good pickup line. 
That's a good pickup line. No, man. Coming from a guy, not quite. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, this may be giving too much away. I don't know. Uh, that dick scene was everything. That's another thing. All right. So that's. Oh, one. yes. Listeners, there's some nudity on this show. There's some nudity. Yeah. So it ain't for kids. It and, ain't for kids. And, and, and here you're happy to know or not that uh, my character never got punished or even. <laughs> I mean, I think you'll. There's a scene where you might have seen my ankle. That is. <laughs> My ankle or maybe my shoulders or my That's neck. It. This is all you get of, of uh, Sister Joan. Yeah, yeah, get. yeah. And it's fantastic. I've I've enjoyed it so much. I like I got, got off I got by got under, off. under the radar. <laughs> but yeah, you Let's missed the, the boys and the more. bands. Yeah, find <laughs> us one more while I share this. The men, you guys, they get naked. And can I just say I haven't seen this many variety of schlong. <laughs> as i'm fully oh. clothed <laughs> oh my gosh <clears throat> yeah it's, have you it's, found it's, another one for us yep i don't know why you're single because you are handsome and sexy as hell oh my god ruthless you play you play hell a hell of a character character on ruthless boom yeah i don't know why i'm that was from me i'm sorry that was <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> well, listen, you're all the way in Cali, sis. Okay. <laughs> and that's why I would DM this shit to you. <laughs> out in Cali. That's the only. Do these people tell you where they're from? Uh, some, some do. Some know that some are in Atlanta and know oh. that I'm in Atlanta, and they're like, "Where you at? Where you at?" You know, trying to get me to come out. Uh, uh, Icon is in his hermit crab uh, cave, chilling. Yeah. Not yeah, coming out nowhere. Daikon doesn't come out till there's an announcement for a third season. Boom. There it is. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In the meantime, Lenny, keep your doors locked. <laughs> oh, I got a security system over here. We ain't playing games over here. <laughs> no one needs to know where I'm at because I don't even. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. I haven't left my house since that episode aired. So I'm like. Mm-hmm. I'll be like uh, the best part about the pandemic is that you get to wear the mask. So. Unless someone could recognize me from my eyebrows and eyes, I'm good. And one person at Whole Foods did. I'm like. Freaks ah. me out how people can. Yeah. Then they pick me out of a lineup like that. Yeah. Or and I'm in a right. commercial and it pops and they're like, you're in such a tough. I'm like, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I am. As a matter of fact, you're right. Yeah, how, did, how did you? Uh, goodbye. Um, see, see you later. Okay. Yeah, with the mask so, on. It's, it's, it's weird. It's skills. It's special yeah. skills. We are super all powerful humans are, I we think. We really are. Yeah. We, we adapt. That's what it is. We adapt. Yeah, I, that yeah, I find that I'm a little better now at recognizing people with masks on mm, than okay. I was in the beginning. I don't know yeah. what it is. We, our eyes have gotten super accustomed to that whole wow. situation. Yeah. That's our superpower. That's so, that's, that's so true. That's so dope. Yeah. Mm. Well, okay. I think it's time to wrap it up. Okay, what do, you, okay. do you feel like there's something we've not shared or do you want to share something? I, I feel like this think. is a good starter. I want to come back and play some more. Hopefully, you know, you, when you get through the uh, other castmates that you you play with, we'll find a time for like a bunch of us to get together and just have a fuckery event. Yeah, where we can share. You know what would be fun <laughs> when it's done, all done, air, all 24 episodes are done airing. We do that. 
And yeah. Since it's like a Brady bench. It would be out by then. Yeah. No, there will be no spoiler alerts, but we can have all our behind the scene jokes that were happening. Yes. Um, oh, I talked to our be. leading lady, our ruthless Melissa, recently at length. Mm-hmm. We were just shooting to shit one night over the phone. Nice. And uh, we have such hilarious jokes between us now that <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it, without context, it is lost. And only she and I laugh. No one else. Yeah. Laugh. They don't know what we're talking about. So, yeah. <laughs> That's def- definitely a great idea. And of course, if something else happens, that's pretty amazing, Lenny. Yes. You come and tell us. If oh, you absolutely. have a kink that suddenly surfaces, <laughs> we love we love non-normative shit. So if, yeah, yeah. Nor- if you're normal, eh, who yeah. likes to be normal? No one likes to be normal. Get out of here. No one does. Mm-mm. No one does. Yeah. Normal mm-hmm. is boring. It's healthy, <laughs> but boring. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's say uh, Daikon has a thing for whips. So does Lenny. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, whips. Yeah. yeah, a little BDSM action. Oh yeah, yeah. We can do that. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. That's it. That's that. That might be the next episode. Yes. Uh, starring Lenny. <laughs> Lenny and his whip. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you have a special way you say goodbye to those you love? Do you have a pet? How do you say goodbye to people in your own cutesy way? Hmm. Be light, spread love. Okay. Don't run. Mm-hmm. Well, this is what you're going to tell my listeners. This is oh, how beautiful. we say goodbye. We say goodbye your way, the guest's way. So take it away. Be light, spread love. Bye. That's it. Let's say goodbye. Thank you, Lenny. (laughs) Bye. Thank you. Okay, maybe not. Why don't you hop on over to our Instagram page right now, my listeners, my lovers, my puppies, my kittens, my schmoopies, and follow and see what our guests look like and all the fuckeries we get into over on Insta. Also, we now have a Facebook page, and everything is What the Fockery. So What the Fockery Twitter, What the Fockery Instagram, What the Fockery Facebook. You can't go wrong. You can even What the Fockery at gmail.com. Okay, now, officially, bye!